This interview is made possible by my friends at Athens Screen Printing, HP Overhead Door Company, Speedy Tech Repair, Tinsley Law and Title, and Gibson Pharmacy. Their sponsorship allows me to provide free content to the community. Please say thank you by shopping these local businesses and by following each of their Facebook pages. This is Michael from Hannigan Media, and I am here with Dr. Doug Curran uh, to talk about COVID-19. How you doing, doctor? I'm doing great. It's uh, a little chilly today. It is, a and a little wet. weather, but it, it sure feels good. It's kind of good after the hot summer, you know, to feel a little cool air, but uh, had a great day so far. Well, good. Okay, so let's get right into this. Um, covid is um, the most important story of the year. Um, it's an election year. It's weird to say that in the middle of an election, but I think to me, COVID, COVID is impacting the election, not the other way around. COVID has impacted everything from our economy to our politics all around the world. It's not just the United States. It's our entire world. COVID is just the biggest thing that's happened in, in this century. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you to get some more information out. And the reason we wanted to talk to you is you are the past president of the Texas Medical Association. You also have clinics in both Athens and Gun Barrel City. So you're seeing a wider, uh, or you have a wider view of what's going on in Henderson County in the state than most doctors. Tell me, just to make sure I got it, what are your two clinics? Yeah, we have, of course, Lakeland Medical Associates here in town and uh, has been here for lots of years, you know, started a, a little over 40 years ago. And then we're starting a new federally qualified health center in uh, Gun Barrel City. And we opened in the latter part of May, and it's called the uh, East Texas Community Clinics. And that uh, it's it's not an FQHC yet, and that's a federally qualified health center, but it's in the process of becoming that. You have to run it as an FQHC first, and then seek out that federal approval to have it. And it, Michael, it allows us to put, uh, to to take care of the underserved, no insurance, uh, Medicaid, the people who have a hard time getting medical care we're able to offer that to them. And the federal government helps us with grants and with other monies after we get our FQHC status. And that, that hopefully will happen uh, sometime next year. And then we're also starting a family medicine residency program here in Athens and in Gun Barrel City in those two clinics. Uh, and we're excited about that. It'll help hopefully get us some additional docs in the community and we'll be able to do some teaching as uh, those of us need replacements, you know, we're getting enough mileage, we're going to have to have some folks coming in to help us. Well, and that's exactly why I wanted to speak to you today. As I said, you've got, not only are you looking at it in different uh, communities in Henderson County, you're looking at different demographics, you're getting um, a wider view than most people. Um, now, every week I do a COVID update with the county judge. We look at the numbers every week. Uh, and over the last couple of weeks, it the numbers look like 
Henderson County is in a bit of a COVID spike. The Henderson County is getting sicker uh, from COVID. Is that what you're seeing on the ground? Tell us, what are you seeing um, the impact of COVID right now in Henderson County? Yeah, I, there's no doubt that we're seeing an increased number of COVID cases. We're, we're seeing them in the office on a regular basis. There, there is never a day goes by anymore that we don't do three or four COVID tests uh, on kids to seniors. We're testing them routinely. And I think the more testing we're doing, if they have any sort of COVID-like symptoms, that, that gives us the ability to isolate people, take care of people better, be sure that they understand what's going on with them. And anytime you got a knowledgeable, educated patient, you're always better off. And uh, But we're seeing the same thing here in Athens. I think we're seeing the number of COVID cases rise. We, we really are going to uh, continue to see some of those changes, I think, for a period of time. How long that's going to last, I really don't know. But um, we're learning so much about this disease just as we go. And I, I think it's I think we're a little better at taking care of it sometimes, but we're, it's, we're still in a learning curve as to how do we manage it. But there's no doubt it's increasing in Henderson County. It's increasing in Texas. I know that we just surpassed California in the largest number of cases in the United States. And we have the largest number of deaths in the United States as well. So you talk about testing, and I know um, it's become a bit of a, a trope for people to say, hey, the reason we have more cases is because we have more testing. Uh, and I and I kind of understand what you're saying. However, and, and there's always the, the weird thing about COVID where you find someone who's tested positive who's not sick. And I think that confuses people a little bit. And then they see these cases going up and they don't get excited because they think, wow, I wonder how many of those people have no symptoms whatsoever. So I think the next thing is the, it, the hospitalization numbers in our TSA, in our trauma service area, um, are going up. Are you seeing more people sick from COVID in Henderson County now? Absolutely. The, the patients that... Well, there, I just think there are bigger numbers across the board. There, there's just no doubt about that. And we, we are testing more. There, there's no question. And, and that's really a good thing because, again, it allows us to manage those patients before they get real sick. We can be much more proactive in taking care of them. And we can isolate them and keep them away from grandma and grandpa and some of the others, especially when it's little kids. And because um, they don't seem to carry the viral load that others carry and they just don't seem to get as sick. All of the numbers show that anybody who's got pre-existing issues are going to have a lot more risk. But we're seeing a lot more folks in the hospital with COVID in COVID units and in our ICUs. And a lot of that, again, has to, some of that has to do with the way we treat them and the way we manage them. I think we're being much more proactive in doing that. And it just we're also testing a number of people who've been exposed and they want to be sure they don't have it so they can continue to do their job or other responsibility. Maybe even been a distant exposure, but you're still, you know, you're at, you need to test them to be sure that they can go ahead and work and do the things they need to do. The sad part about some of this is that the COVID testing is, is just, it costs too much. Uh, we ought to be able to do a lower cost test. The way the FDA has everything set up, it has to be physician supervised and so forth. 
I'm hoping over time we'll be able to kind of relook at that and rethink it. I think if you could run by and get a quick test and then make some other decisions about how you want to manage uh, how you're doing based on what your test is, that would be a really good thing. I think people would be more responsible. Give them an opportunity to step up and test more. More testing means better outcomes. That is the one good thing about more testing. Confuses the numbers a bit because it raises up the total number of cases. And But I do think in that rise of total number of cases, we're seeing some really sick people and sicker people because there's just more volume out there than there was. So now we have more people sick in the hospital, which is what we're seeing. The other thing I'm seeing is, or I've read about, is that, you know, and, and you uh, alluded to it earlier, this was a bit of a surprise. It was a big surprise at the beginning of the year. And um, doctors were learning the entire time how to um, treat the disease, how to manage it, how to care for people. Uh, and, you, and there's now seven, eight, nine months more data than you had before. How has the way you treat patients changed? Well, I think it's uh, we're we're a little more aggressive on the front end, but uh, we're also very uh, uh, cautious to watch the patient's uh, overall status. Uh, it seems like that. Well, there there are three or four really bad signs with COVID, and first and foremost is usually the issue of oxygenation. If you're checking oxygen levels in those patients on a regular basis, and you begin to see resting oxygens in the uh, 90s or, or high 80s, that's just not a good sign. And you're much better to get those people in and begin being more aggressive with how you want to manage them. We know probably the, the best thing we're using out there these days is a steroid. And we're using those steroids both inhaled and systemic uh, administration. And that seems to be, there's good data to show that that is obviously beneficial. Now there's lots of nuances to using those. And how you use those is important. And then you're hearing a lot of other stuff. If you listen to just how the president was treated, you know, he, was, he received some vitamin D, he received some zinc, and he received some monoclonal antibodies, which are very expensive and not available to the usual populace. But he also received remdesivir, which is an IV medicine. So you have to be in the hospital if you're going to get that. And we're certainly using that early on right here in Athens, just to try to keep away from the higher level of care that you might need if you continue to deteriorate. And of course, the other things that are of major significance is the hypercoagulability, the, the blood clotting that you see with this disease process. So I think we're a little quicker to anticoagulate people and keep them on blood thinners to the point of making sure that they have adequate circulation and perfusion. And that helps us to some extent in dealing with the cardiac events. Because most of these patients who get really sick are, are patients that also have a coronary disease or some other process that affects the cardiopulmonary status. And so being proactive in those areas is allowing us much better outcomes. And we're seeing, I think, definitely fewer deaths than what we did early on. Now, as our volume increases in the number and the size, we're still going to see that pretty significant number of deaths. But compared to the people that are hospitalized, 
it, it's going to be a lot better than it used to be. So, and and my, this is just the beginning. We will continue to get better and better at this as we learn more about the virus and the nuances of it and how to prevent it, how to avoid it, and how to treat it when you get it. So what you're saying is um, we could see deaths go up, but in truth, the percentage of people who are having, who are, who are dying from this disease is actually going down. It's just, we talked about this earlier, so many more people have it and are sick that that number will naturally go up. Although the way you're treating disease is advancing and you're getting better at treating this disease. I, I think that's absolutely correct. And um, the other thing that's happening is as we see exposure and recovery, we see immunity. We see people building that resistance that my mom used to call it resistance uh, to that infection. And I think we'll continue to see that. That adds to our safety numbers. It decreases the opportunity for spread. And we'll see this this process go just like we've seen other viruses. Back in the early 1900s, we had the Spanish flu. We're seeing that second wave like we knew we were going to get, and here it is, and we're experiencing that. So I think we just got we just got to stay the course. We're going to get through this. We're all going to be fine, and we want to use all the tools out there to try to avoid getting it. And if you get it, get be knowledgeable about having it. Yes, I've got it. So I'm, these are the things I'm going to do. I'm going to be sensitive to my people to make sure, uh, or my my uh, consultants, my physicians, make sure that I'm doing what they ask us to, to, to me to do, and that at the earliest sign of deterioration, that I'm getting additional help, hospitalization if need be. Okay, so we've got better outcomes. We have sicker people. But we're having better outcomes. I know, though, as a as a as a doctor, what you'd most like to see is fewer sicker people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And so what if we learned? And, and again, we now have seven, eight, nine months worth of data that we did not have when we first started. And I know everybody's working for a vaccine what's the what's the medical community thinking now about prevention of covid and protecting ourselves against covid right well i i think the best thing you can do to protect yourself from covid are those uh, things that we've been talking about almost from the beginning uh first and foremost you really need to wear a mask and i don't like that i don't like wearing them they're uncomfortable uh I almost feel like I'm doing something bad if I got a mask on. You know, it's hard for me to get my head around. Uh, I feel like if I go into a, a store or something, it's like these people must think I'm coming to rob them because I got a mask on, you know. So it's just really hard for us, I think, to get used to that. But there's so much good information out there now that tells us that the mask helps us from giving whatever we've got to somebody else. But probably the thing we didn't know until recently is that masks also help us and keep us from getting things from other people and them giving it to us. So it keeps us from getting the infection. Yeah. 
even though it's not one of those high speed, high dollar medical masks, it'll no. still help you keep down the, the the amount of virus. Absolutely. It does not need to be an N95 or a high powered expensive mask. Any mask at all helps. And if and you know, constantly reminding yourself, even though you got a mask on, if I can stay six feet away, let's stay six feet away. It's just sure. better for both of us and sure. all of us. And uh, so you still want to do social distancing uh, when you're wearing your mask, but it makes an enormous difference. And and what it turns out, it seems to be, and most of the studies uh, they're coming out early in this. There are a number of articles about them by uh, Dr. Monica Gandhi. She is a medical uh, or an infectious disease specialist. And her uh, information seems to show that wearing a mask allows you maybe to get a small dose of the virus, a small inoculation, and you gradually get multiple small inoculations and you build resistance to the virus. You build your own immunity. It protects you from it. So it, it appears that not only do you, it keeps you from sharing anything you might have, but it also helps you to build some immunity when you wear your mask. And and I just I just think that's beneficial. But I you know Michael, I am I don't think it helps much to badger people to do things they just don't want to do. I, I've just never felt like that I, I can't I, I can't tackle you and force you to wear something. I, I don't think that helps. And we've seen that all kinds of preventive things. We've talked about everything from HIV on down. We've talked about these things you can do for prevention. People have to embrace, uh, I want to stay healthier. I want to avoid problems. And so I think masking helps. And if you can get your head around how to do it, I don't care what kind of mask you wear, anything you wear will help. Anything will make a difference. Just try to be gracious to those around us and respectful. Use the medical information, which is going to change. If it doesn't change, we're not going anywhere. We're learning more stuff. That's called as, science. Yes. As we learn, then we figure we got to change what we've been doing. That's, you know, yeah. if you always do it the same way you've always done it, you must be Baptist. And I'm Baptist, so I can make that <laughs> statement. I mean, you don't want to do that. I think we want to be open to if there's a new idea and a new way of doing it that's shown scientifically to make us better, then we ought to embrace that. And I think there's good, really good data for masks nowadays. We know there's good data for outside, six feet apart, fantastic. And if you can be 12 feet apart, that's even better. But I think that distance, that outside helps us, no doubt about that. And wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. I don't see any patient that I don't come in the room, immediately go to the sink and wash my hands before I touch them at all. Because I want them to know, I want to set the example for them. You know, my mother used to say, I, you know, I don't care what you say, it's what you do that makes the difference. You know, your actions speak so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. So in front of everybody, we got to do the right thing. And we need to set a good example for our kids and others. And as we wear masks, as we distance, as we wash our hands, we can open up. It allows us to go back to work. It allows us to engage each other, to see each other. And you were talking about the frustrations, both the political frustrations and otherwise that are out there, and they're certainly there. But we're seeing a lot of medical issues too, a lot of depression. People who are tied in, especially our seniors, who haven't been out for months yeah. because they're afraid to go out, and and rightfully so. 
And, and but boy, that's depressing. And, and if you've got somebody in the nursing home, it is gut-wrenching. I mean, we have a fellow who comes by and gets a COVID test so he can go visit his wife in the nursing home because it's required. And those things are hard. And, and I think the, the stuff that's going on to us personally and the medical issues there, which I think we're going to see, we see a lot more insomnia. More people are having trouble sleeping. Uh, I'm not exercising as much. You know, we, we went from really hot to all this cold and rain, but I'm hoping we're going to have some nice fall so people can get out some and exercise because that's the best place to be. Sure, as far be as COVID outside, is. we need oh, some sun, absolutely. we need to get by and do absolutely. stuff. But realize in your own personal health, this is a hard time. Be sensitive to what's going on with you so that you can engage that those those challenges that are out there and don't don't hesitate to seek professional help and i'll again remind you most insurances are paying for telemedicine visits and we can do telemedicine visits if we've got a positive covid case most of the time we will see those patients with telemedicine unless i have to go out and see them and if i do put on all the protective equipment all the stuff and head out to see them in their vehicle or at their home. I was going to say, yep. you said head out. I know a lot of those people you're meeting actually in the car, in the in the, in the parking lot. So they don't come oh. in and, and bring yeah, them in. They don't come in our office. No one does. If they have fever or a cough, we don't know what it's, they're having it or anything. We see them outside sure. before we let them come in. Just don't do it. Check temps, anybody with fever, all those things. Because we also want our people who have chronic illness to be sure they're getting their blood pressure medicines, their cholesterol medicines, that they're taking care of all that, that those things are not happening, and that they're getting their flu vaccine. So what I'm hearing from you is opening up is a great thing that we need to do for so many reasons. However, the fastest way to open up is to wear your mask, social distance, and wash your hands. You got it. If you want one, do the other. That's right. Those two things. And, and if you do one, you'll get the other. That's right. Well, it's like so many things in life. I mean, how many times did your, you know, your, uh, your folks or your teacher coming up said, you work hard, you yeah. study, you do the right thing. You will be successful at what you do. Sure. And this is no different. It ain't rocket science. We just have got to do what is good common sense. And, you know, common sense is usually scientifically provable. You know, it, it really works that way. And I think that uh, sometimes it takes a long time. Uh, when You know, Michael, when I first started uh, taught, thinking about doing medicine, I talked to Bob Weaver, who was my family doctor. And I said, Bob, I think I want to be a doctor. I'd like to do that. And I said, what do I have to do? He said, well, you got four years of college, four years of medical school, and then four years of residency. I said, oh, my God, Bob, I can't do 12 more years. There's no way. I'm just, I'm a senior in high school. I can't do that. And he looked at me and he said, Doug, you don't do 12 years. You do one day at a time. And that's the way this disease is. It's going to be a challenge one day at a time. It's like you're talking about looking at our statistics. Important to look today with the idea of what's our trends, but don't be so afraid today that it incapacitates you. Figure out Get through it. We're going to be careful today. We're going to do some extra things, and then we'll see what tomorrow brings. And I can't tell you how many times I took tests thinking about, oh, my goodness, I've got another test coming after that, but I only got to get through this one today, 
and then I'll deal with the others as it comes along. And I think so it is with this disease. It's one of those things that it's going to take a while to get through it, but we're going to get through it. I think when we visit next year around Thanksgiving time, we're going to have a whole bunch to be thankful for because we'll certainly have a vaccine that most people have gotten by then. We'll have a lot better knowledge on how to treat this uh, process. We're going to know more about how to get rid of it and avoid it. A vast majority of us are going to have a lot of immunity out there, either through vaccine or just exposure. And so the virus is going to have nowhere to spread to. And we're going to see things return to some semblance of normal. But hopefully it'll be a new normal where we've learned about this. We'll better anticipate how we want to manage these in the future. And, uh, you know, we'll learn from them. That's, that's how I think we've made an really a, a huge improvements in healthcare is that we've said, well, you know, this didn't work so good, so let's change it around a little and we'll try something different. So we'll figure out better ways to whip this as well. That That's just who we are. I think we're those kind of people. I, you know, I love this country and I love what it means and what it does. And, you know, I, I know we're struggling with this. It, like You and I were talking before this began, but it, it's a hard time for us politically in other ways too. And but it's okay. We're going to get through that, too. I kind of think uh, some of those hard times make us stronger and better at the end of the day. I cannot add anything to that. So, um, <laughs> Dr. Kern, thank you so much for coming in uh, and talking to us a little bit. This is actually the third time that uh, um, you've been able to do this, talk to us sure. a little bit. Uh, twice other times, the two other times we had other doctors over at your place where we've talked about this. So this is an important thing that we are able to do for the community. So thank you very much for, for speaking to the community. And I know that uh, maybe by the time the end of the year comes, it'll be time to do another one and we can talk vaccines. Absolutely. We should have a lot of good information about vaccines by then, for sure. And Michael, since you were so gracious and kind to me, I wanna thank you for all you've done to communicate to our community to bring that common sense, that steady hand that hopefully makes our people feel like they have options, they have alternatives, that we are going to get through this. And I think you've been a big part of contributing to that. Well, thank so you. those of us who take care of folks are very appreciative of that. Thank you very much. All right. So we'll see you next time. Absolutely. All right. Be healthy, friends. Be healthy, friends.